Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer. I am Mariah Rose Wimmer. And my blood is pumping and I'm a-sweating. Yeah. Because this week, we actually just turned off our tape. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are discussing the one and only, the legendary uh, dancing grannies of the 1980s and early 90s. That's right. We're bringing you an events episode, guys. That's right. You guys uh, spoke and we listened. You guys have been pounding on our virtual door. And we slammed the door and we said, we're lazy. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, we said, here's another dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, we decided this week we will do an event. And of course... Uh, what better event to do than covering a brief history of the Dancing Grannies? Heck yeah. And at 67, I'm doing the same. Five years of exercising have strengthened my lower back muscles, made me more flexible, and I've lost weight too. I feel younger and more vibrant. And being a widow, I find exercising a healthy release for my sexual energy. However... If Bert Lancaster came a courting, I might alter that last statement. <laughs> okay, so the Dancing Grannies, some of you may have remembered their tapes on your shelf of your when you went to go visit your grandparents uh, because they were very popular back in the day. Or if you're younger, you may have run across them in thrift stores. But it's basically become this inside joke, especially in the VHS community. Like, I've been wanting to cover this for a while because mm -hmm. we have our own history with the dancing grannies. Boy, do we. But also because as I've become more involved with the tape community, I notice a lot of times like if people do colored stacks, like let's see all your pink tapes or something, there's always a dancing grannies. Well, how many pink tapes there. are there? Right, exactly. But there's always like a dancing granny shoved in there. And so everybody seems to be in on the joke, but I don't know how many people actually know who they were, how they came to be, yeah, and the kind of phenomena that they were in the 80s because it was kind of incredible. So this will be not a deep dive, but just an overview of, Surface. of that strange force that was the, the elderly dancing grannies and how they got swept up in the aerobics craze of the 80s. Oh yeah. <laughs> they had a they had a place at the table and we are going to talk about what they were eating. Oh. Uh, well, they put their dentures aside first. Oh no. Okay. All right. No old jokes for this episode. Fine. Mm. Okay, that's not going to happen. Well, okay, so... You're old. <laughs> that's right. I'm just a few years from joining them. <laughs> they contacted me the other day and they said, uh, we've still got <laughs> Netscape 1996. Can you help update it? And I said, sure. So I fired up the dot matrix. And oh. I, um, no, so their Apple II broke and, and they don't have a website anymore. So uh, speaking of... Uh... <laughs> of uh, grannies on the internet uh-huh when my mother first got email she she got a an email that was based on her childhood nickname uh-huh it was her her childhood nickname was sassy <laughs> it, was, it was like sassy at juno.com <laughs> and she started getting this is so my mom's a, a very very gentle kind pastor's wife and 
creeps just started sending <laughs> disgusting emails to sassy at juno.com and so then my grandmother also got a juno email account and she got the name uh sassy's mom <laughs> juno and she would send angry replies <laughs> to the sender like i am sassy's mother and i'm so disappointed in you <laughs> Man, the early days of the internet were fun, weren't they? No. Well, we also have a history with the Dancing Grannies because yes. we, like I said, we do own one of the tapes still, but mm-hmm. we used to have several. Would you like to tell our listeners that wonderful story of how we first came into possession and awareness of the Dancing Grannies? Yes, I think we were. I think we were in Denver in grad school, and we came across the full catalog of Dancing Grannies, and we purchased it because obviously, and. We weren't, you weren't into VHS collecting very much at that point because it was like 2005 or something. Yeah, we had already cleared out most of our collection. So we just kept the cool art house stuff. Yeah. But we had cleared out all the like normal, normal tapes. And so we had room after clearing out the normal stuff for dancing grannies. Yeah, we did. And we held <laughs> on to them in this like slow burn of a joke where every Christmas or birthday we would send my middle brother, who's, um, He's a special kind of person. Yeah. Uh, he's got a great sense of humor, so he would get it. Yeah. He's, yes. He's the one who gave me a Dwight Eisenhower commemorative plate for Christmas one year. Yeah. He gave me a um, eagle engraved blade yeah. with a dragon handle ceramic uh, knife. Like, it was very elaborate. And instead of a sheath, it had another eagle that you laid the blade into <laughs> so it could sit on your on your like countertop yes this is also the guy who when we visited most recently he took our daughters down into the basement put on a disco light a gorilla mask and he started djing and then he had a gun that shot fake money onto yeah. our daughters he's a lot like uh what's his name uh from parks and rec yeah it's like the 720 Entertainment or whatever? Yes. It's that, like, he would be a member of that group. Yes. John Ralphio? He's like, he's like both of them, though. That's like, true. Okay. Anyway. Yep. That's my brother. Anyway, we sent him for a few years uh, dancing Granny's tapes exclusively <laughs> as gifts. Yeah. <laughs> and then we ran out. <laughs> and so for, I think, one of my birthdays, you surprised me with a, another copy of Dancing Granny's. Yeah, because you were weirdly bummed that we no <laughs> longer <laughs> had it. It was nice to see on the shelf. There it is. So, okay, before we launch into that craze of uh-huh. the Dancing Granny's, as everybody who is aware of the kind of the 80s, there are these reoccurring themes like chest hair and cocaine and neon, all that stuff. But yeah. the aerobics craze of the 80s was really something special, which we've even gotten into on our podcast because we've done episodes on Killer Workout, Dance or Die. We haven't done, but, you know, Death Spa. Like, the aerobics would work their way into pop culture. everywhere, And so... We can't go over the whole history, but we can definitely do a little rundown so that we better understand why the Dancing Grannies could even exist yeah. in the first place. You want me to lead you in? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, you know the most about it, because you were really, when I first met you, yeah. hardcore into aerobics. Basically a PhD <laughs> in aerobics. <laughs> okay, so the aerobics movement... Oh, Oh, nice. Started with an actual doctor. His name was Kenneth Cooper. He was working with a colonel named 
Pauline Potts. Was this in the 80s or 70s? No. Oh. Deeper. Go farther back. Oh, this is like the early internet where an entire warehouse was one microchip. It was one warehouse of dancing grannies. No. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Kenneth Cooper, he was trying to figure out why all of these people who looked seemingly physically fit were incapable of doing things like running a mile. They couldn't do, but they could lift weights really well. But uh, so he started researching it and he realized that he needed to uh, find a way to maximize physical fitness. So he wrote a book in 1969 called Aerobics. (laughs) And so it begins. (laughs) So it begins. And it was basically just to emphasize strength training, physical uh, exercise or cardiovascular exercise and flexibility. So he combined it all into one rather brief workout it was like a warm-up you do some strength training you get your heart heart rate going as we just learned because we oh, watched yeah. dancing grannies <laughs> definitely the formula hasn't changed and then you work on some flexibility exercises basically he was trying to come up with like the perfect routine and so that w- was successful but in 1979 he released a book called the new aerobics which opened the door like a bright shining light onto the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> okay, so he he wrote this book and um, the 80s, you remember, you were coming off of like a cocaine binge craze. Everybody is uh, from like the youth of the 70s are aging. They're getting it's little... It's a disco era group too yes. where they still need their bodies to move because they haven't stopped taking cocaine. No. They just don't have their disco anymore. And they, they like had babies. They maybe have little pot bellies, whatever. They're <laughs> interested in remaining fit. It's all the things that happen when you're in your 30s. So there's this whole generation that wants to stay fit and continue forward in the lifestyle that they had in the 70s cocaine included yeah (laughs) no so this episode brought to you by cocaine cocaine and jane fonda jane fonda actress author and award-winning creator of one of the most innovative and inspiring approaches to physical fitness. So Jane Fonda was at a career high uh, in the late 70s. She'd been winning crazy awards. I actually looked into her background there. I had no idea. I just knew she was successful, but she was (laughs) crazy successful. I know everybody's like, shut up, duh. But I didn't know. I, I just was like, oh, Jane Fonda, workout lady. She began doing aerobics after she broke her foot or her ankle, something. She had been previously doing ballet to keep in shape. <laughs> and so she started, she looked to something else because she couldn't do ballet anymore. So she started doing uh, aerobics. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then in 1981, she released Jane Fonda's workout book, which my mother had. I saw the cover of it and I was like, hey, I know that. I yeah, instantly recognized very, it. Very, very recognizable with her like leg up. You know, yeah. It's massively successful. How book. much cooler would it have been though if she wore her Barbarella costume? Oh my gosh. I know. I love I Barbarella. Mean, it's, it's kind of like an 80s version of Barbarella. But... Yeah. I'm so sad that Barbarella wasn't an 80s movie and we can't talk about it. I know. We can never talk about it here. Yeah. Just let's not even bring that, no. that sadness up. So this book was a bestseller and then immediately she was like, She was in the biz. She knew. Immediately followed it up with a workout video. Are you ready to do the workout? Yeah! 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 Y
Beginner's workout. Stand with your feet a little more than hips apart. Stomach tight, buttocks pulled in. Pull out of your torso and head right to and back to left. Stretch it out front and to the right. This video is hugely successful, number one seller. It was actually a reason that VH or VCRs were selling. People mm -hmm. would buy the v VHS tape and then buy a VCR to play it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy how much this impacted the whole movie industry, the VHS industry and VCR industry as a result. This too. really was known for, I don't know how long, as the number one selling VHS tape in the world. Yes. Like Jane Fonda's workout was where it was at. <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually have a very vivid childhood memory. My mom and my fourth grade teacher... <laughs> They were friends because they both worked at the elementary school at the time. And the fourth grade teacher brought over, and I think she ended up eventually giving my mom this tape. But she brought her kids, and I was kind of in charge of them because I was slightly older. And so we they moved the couch so they had space to aerobicize. And I like, was on the other side of the couch trying to entertain the kids, but also watching with deep fascination as these two 30-something women were grooving. And they had, like, my also my fourth grade teacher was super stylish for Montana in the 80s. So she had, like, the full workout gear. She had a headband that was, like, pink and, like, terry cloth, high ponytail. She had head to toe Dang. and in my memory i don't know if this is true but i feel like it is she actually had on pantyhose for working out <laughs> you know there is just something kind of magical and amazing about aerobics culture yes i if any anybody who is friends with us in real life and has come over to our house i will usually force upon them a very special cassette tape i have in our collection mm -hmm. that i found um put out by LA Gear called <laughs> If You've Got the Moves, We've Got the Shoes. And it's like one of the greatest tapes ever made. If you've got the moves, we've got and the shoes. And it's just an aerobics tape that's filled with like 80s amazing goodness. Actually, let's play a clip um, just because I think it helps set the tone of the aerobics era. Here you go. So I'll put that on anytime we have people over. I have any excuse whatsoever to put that on because it's such an amazing tape. But I would imagine that's kind of like the culture that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, I remember as a girl who grew up in the 80s, I loved the leg warmers. I had my own pair. My, <laughs> my parents were pretty poor at the time. But they did manage to scrounge up some change to buy me pink and purple striped leg warmers. And I would put them on and I felt like I was a unicorn because I felt like it gave me horse hooves. <laughs> and I would pr prance around. Okay. Well. 
<laughs> okay, back to it. So besides Jane Fonda, because she really is the like head honcho of it all. Yeah, and she actually continued until like the last decade. She's since released approximately one quadrillion books and yeah. videos. Tapes, it was like an empire. Absolutely. And this is like a secondary career. So calm down, Jane Fonda. Leave something yeah. for the rest of us. <laughs> Who were the like second tier aerobics people? Because there are so many quirky, yeah. like subtle ones out there. I wish we could do a real deep dive on. Ne- yeah. I looked one time into like the aerobics craze you never knew about. And there were some funny yes. stuff out there that I've never heard of. There's so much. Hey, do you remember in the early 2000s when the internet was like brand new and everybody watched funny videos on YouTube, like the same eight videos? Do you remember that one? I think it was a Japanese woman with the uh, poodles doing aerobics. <laughs> no. It was like humanoid poodles. Oh, yeah. I totally do. Okay. Yes. That was really disturbing. That's actually. a side note, but I keep thinking about okay. that. Um, <laughs> I think we cannot proceed without speaking of Richard Simmons. Oh, yeah. He's for like sure. the. Yeah. Jane Fonda's the queen, and he's the other queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. He's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. I love, love Richard Simmons. And. Incidentally, I also have a secondary memory of my mom and my fourth grade teacher doing sweatin' to the oldies. Oh, that's awesome. One, two, three, four. Hey there, it's me, Richard Simmons. Listen, are you sick and tired of boring lookalike exercise videos with synthesized elevator music and a lineup of leotard clad Stepford wives? Well, if you are, honey, have I got the cure for you. This is my brand new aerobic workout tape, sweating to the oldies. And if you don't like having fun, <laughs> well, you best not come in here. Whoa! So Richard Simmons was overweight from a really early age. Um, side note that I discovered while I was researching his history, he obviously was an actor. At, at a certain point in his life, and he was in Fellini's Satyricon and the Clowns. Really? Yeah, in 1968 and 1970. Who hmm. knew? Anyway, in the 1970s, he moved to Los Angeles, and he had been overweight. He, at somewhere around this time, lost like 100 pounds or something. But he saw that all of the gyms and workout places in L.A. were for L.A. people. So basically, you had to be 100% fit before it was a place that you felt comfortable. And he saw this need for a, a gym of some sort that was more supportive, more inclusive, and helped people who had ambitions to become fit um, lose the weight. So he started a, a gym that he called the Anatomy Asylum. And it later transitioned to be call- being called Slimmons. <laughs> oh, nice. And it ran until like 2014 or 15, something like that. And he slowly built himself an empire. He had a, um, it was like a salad bar kind of place called Ruffage. And then, of course, the Sweat into the Oldies empire, which was <laughs> bananas. It was really bananas. It was, it was so intense. Okay, so the idea is that he is, I love it. He's so sweet and so, so much of a cheerleader. He helps people, or he helps people to lose weight. And he, his videos weren't about really fit people doing really fit things. It was people of all uh, walks of life, of all of abilities, working to improve their own life. And he would often get have, like, testimonials from people who had 
improve their life or health and fitness in some way through his program. And he had sweat into the oldies, one through a quabillion. He (laughs) had cookbooks, vinyls, cassettes, everything. And he continued it on. Actually, there's now a podcast out, What Happened to Richard Simmons or something like that. But he's since kind of disappeared into the ether to live his life more anonymously. But he is one the other pillar of the um aerobics world of the 1980s i also looked into denise austin but her story is not so much fun because (laughs) she's just a fit person working to be fit and help other people be more fit and i was like come on lady she's just doing her job but was she, came, she 80s or 90s she released her first video and it said non-aerobics but it's aerobics uh in 1989 so okay. she like so she's tail end she capped off the the decade what you have any other ones you wanted to to shout out N- well i think that we also need to mention 1981's let's get physical <laughs> oh right yeah olivia newton john yeah i mean yeah i don't think we need to describe what happens there but i think it it lends itself to the pop culture, um, I don't know, zeitgeist that yeah, was sure. the aerobics world. I do have one other one I want to mention. Oh, okay. And I think this is more just kind of an, like an Easter egg for horror fans out there. Oh, I know get what it. you're going to do. Yeah, okay. So we had talked about how like Killer Workout and Dance or Die and all that. They all have these elements of dance and aerobics and horror. But there is one in particular that any, especially boy of the 80s, growing up on horror was like wait what because there is a specific scene in friday the 13th part four the final chapter where there is this guy i think he's at the morgue watching um a video and on tv are these like incredibly sexy 80s babes doing what should be aerobics but really they're just kind of leaning over uh bumping their butts into each other and stuff (laughs) they're breathing like they're exercising yeah it's very mesmerizing (laughs) But it was an actual workout video put out by Paramount, who also did Friday the 13th, which I think is funny. And there's like three of them, maybe, but they were called Aerobicize, and that one was called The Beautiful Workout. I have a question. Uh-huh. You made me watch some of The Beautiful Workout. Yeah, you've seen some of it. Um, were you supposed to get a partner and bump your butts into each other? I don't know if it was for you to ever actually do aerobics. Oh, it was too. just for teen boys? I think it was just basically like eye candy, <laughs> because it was so fascinating and bizarre. Because I, I feel like that would take a friendship, like a workout friendship, oh, to yeah. a different place. Sure, like put on your leotard and we're going to just touch our butt cracks together. <laughs> but like in a sexy way and the music's really fun and like groovy 80s mm-hmm. it's so funny but yeah that came out in 82 and so <laughs> this was at the exact same year that Jane Fonda's workout came out so I just I had to mention you know Aerobicize the beautiful workout because yeah. that for me has always been so amusing yes. and anytime I see it it makes me laugh Early 80s was the powerhouse of aerobics. By mid 80s, that's when it starts to become just worked into pop culture. Yeah. And you'll see it in like every other movie. Some mom is doing aerobics always, you know. Yeah. We should also mention, too, that jazzercise is also a thing. <laughs> Subcategory. It's a, it's a side category. They also started in the 60s. And uh, they, they are... Like kissing cousins. And I feel okay. like... I like feel their butts like, are touching. Like their butts are touching in a workout way. And I think that that lends itself to Dancing Grannies. Just saying. Okay. Well, because Dancing Grannies, even though the video came out at the tail end of the 80s, really was um, part of the craze as it was coming out and mm-hmm. got swept up in it. They just had to make sure that they did it 
early in the morning and could be done in time, you know, to go to bed by six o'clock. Yeah, you got your four o'clock early bird dinner. (laughs) Turn it in. So let me tell you the story, Dancing Grannies. Please. And for all of you tape collectors that listen to our podcast, which there are quite a few of you, if you have a copy of Dancing Grannies, you will now better appreciate what what went on behind the scenes. And I honestly, in my research, was even surprised because I thought it would just be funny. I didn't realize um, how interesting it really was. You know what? I have a challenge here. Okay. Anybody who owns the Dan- Dancing Grannies has to watch the Dancing Grannies within 48 hours. I have another challenge. It, to help us out. Yeah. Um... If you own the Dancing Grannies tape and you're listening to this, take a little shot on your story of Instagram and shout out this episode with you holding or showing your copy of Dancing Grannies. Or (laughs) cool points of you working out along with Dancing Grannies. Wait, wait, wait. That's next level. (laughs) I tried to get you to do it earlier. (laughs) I was doing it. I was just behind you as you weren't watching. Dude, their workouts are legit. Okay. No. So Dancing Grannies started all with one woman it, it really centers around the queen bee of i was Dancing gonna Grand. say is you know she, is is, she yeah. the same lady yes beverly and she's got a crazy last name but i think it's pronounced um jimigniani whoa i calm know down. but i'm just gonna call her beverly good so beverly was born september Bev. 6 1934 and she worked her husband was a machinist he owned a shop and she just helped out with him too and basically just had a, a normal life. And then they retired out. They moved to a place called Cottonwood Palo Verde Retirement Community in Sun Lakes, Arizona, like oh. everybody does, like mm-hmm. your grandma did. And if you've ever been to an, a retirement community in Arizona, you know what it's like. Oh, can we describe it? Yeah, if you want, sure. So my my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, lives at one of these Arizona retirement communities that is... It is like Edward Scissorhands' world. You it go is. in. Yeah, for sure. It's a huge, tall, like brick fence around to keep out anybody young. Like you have to have a pass if you're under fifty-five. <laughs> yeah. There's an old person at the gate to wave you in, and they will straight call the police. And he's like don't. a former marine because he won't put up with it. No, no, no. <laughs> and they patrol in um, little golf carts, and you can't swim in their pools. Like the youths can swim in their pools at the worst time of day in Arizona. So like two in the afternoon when it's a, <laughs> a, like the water is actually boiling in the pool. They are serious. When I went yeah. one time, your brother and I were going to go play some tennis. Nope. And these old guys, they were like in their 70s, lost their mind over us being like showing up unannounced, like pointed out this chart of yeah. how we had to sign up. And we better just turn around and go away. And they were not having any part of it. Yes. And actually, my grandmother, I think, still does (laughs) when she's there because she's a snowbird. She goes and does a, like, workout where they sit in a chair and, like, tap their toes real (laughs) fast. Well, okay. So this is really interesting. So Beverly had now found herself out there in Arizona at this retirement community for 55 and over. Mm -hmm. And her husband had bought a shop and was doing, you know, his thing. But she was really kind of bored and didn't know what to do. And this aerobics craze was starting to pick up. So this is early 80s. And she didn't know what to do with herself. But she was a little overweight and thought, well, I need to do something. I need to get in shape. She was looking for somebody to help teach elderly people how to lose weight and there was nobody that was specializing in it because everybody wanted to be with the young fit 
you know, yeah. people doing cocaine. And so she was all alone. So she started to kind of look into it on her own. And she started to do aerobics uh, on the side and then lift weights and everything and kind of developed her own routine, basically, because nobody was around to do it for her. And what ended up happening is in two years time, she went from being a size 16 to a size four. Yeah. And was like, okay, there is clearly something here. Now you have to imagine the community, the elderly community walking by the gym and seeing this lady, you know, doing her little toe tapping dances and all of a sudden is slimming up and looking pretty good to be in her late 50s. And they were like, we want in on that. Grab your Ethels, grab your Doris. Yeah, Ethel and Doris and Beverly and all these people, they all started to say, hey, we want to join and then before she knew it, Beverly was being asked by the elderly community at this retirement home, can we do some aerobics with you? Aww. And so she thought, well, maybe, maybe there's something to that. And she wanted to take it seriously. So she decided to get certified and she joined this group called IDA or IDEA. And it's an aerobics dance teacher organization nationwide. Oh, yeah. And she joined it. She got licensed. And then by 1985 officially started in this tiny retirement community in Arizona, the Dancing Grannies. Whoa! And it was this group of just 10 friends. <gasps> so it's all them in the video? Yeah, they've been friends the whole time. Oh, I know, it's really cute. I I, it's super it. sweet, yeah. We're the Dancing Grannies of Sun Lakes, Arizona. And these grannies don't bait no pies. Exercise for life! Okay, so it was women who ranged between 56 and 70, Uh and they started taking her class. And for the first part, starting in 85, it was basically like they would perform at the retirement community and do their little routines, and people would like... They performed their workout? Yeah, they would do like little dance routines and stuff like that, and it was just something for fun, but then it caught on, and they started being asked to be in like the parade, and so they would put on these costumes. I found a photo. (gasps) From 80, like, 7 or something. And they've got, like, cowgirl outfits. And they're in a parade walking down the street. Whoa. And it started to grow. And then it just took off where around the state they would be asked, will you, like, come and let the dancing grannies be part of our parade and do a little dance routine and stuff like that? And so then it evolved into 24 grandmothers. (laughs) But there was still the core 10. Yeah. And... Beverly and the dancing grandmas started getting invited all over. They performed at like the Fiesta Bowl Parade in Phoenix, um, the Senior Olympics, all this stuff. And they were like catching on. Yeah. And then where their story really turns a a major corner. Okay. Is that um, in 1989, so they've now been traveling the nation. They were being invited all over. Well, I found one from like the Kansas Tribune or something, but... (laughs) They big time. They would travel the country and perform these classes for the elderly because nobody else was doing it. And they were starting to make like a decent living and just the word spread. And in 1989, and this is where we really get the dancing grannies that we now know. And love. They were invited on to Phil Donahue, the talk show. Donahue, of course. Oh, it was a big it had Donahue. to come down to Donahue. So they get on there. They are interviewed, they do a little routine, and everybody is introduced nationwide in a way that they had never been seen before to the Dancing Grannies. And right after that, Beverly was approached by four different video companies that immediately said, you have to put this out on you know, VHS, we could really market this. And who she ended up going with 
was this group called the Mayor Group that specialized in kind of marketing specifically towards the elderly and the okay. mature community. Wise. And so she went with them and basically signed a contract to do a Dancing Grannies video in 1989. Oh. And that is where we got the Dancing Grannies. Slipped in under the radar. So it comes out and it instantly becomes crazy successful. Really? And, okay, so... Like, I just bought a tape the other day that was a limited run of, like, you know, 30 copies or something like that. But I was blown away by this. Okay. Just their very first... They've done several videos since then. Yes. Just their very first video alone in 1989. Yeah. How many copies it sold? I don't know. 800,000 copies. What? Of the Dancing Grannies. There weren't that many old people in the United (laughs) States. I just think, what... They went nuts. And people were like having it. They were like, this is amazing. And then from there, they started getting invited to like major things. They got invited to the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. What? They were on the Today Show. Well, of course. George Bush uh, Sr. invited him over to be part of this fitness program that they taped. Hey, 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 you know who was a like fitness ambassador? Who? Denise Austin for the President Bush. You Did you just say for the President's Bush? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you did. <laughs> No. Do you also remember in the 80s, Arnold Schwarzenegger's workout um, fitness program? Did you have that at your school? No. We did. So you could do these presidential programs where you got like a patch and you get like a blue patch if you did a certain one, a red patch for another. Mm -hmm. And I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was like an ambassador for it. But you had to like run the mile in a certain time, do so many push-ups, sit-ups and all Mm -hmm. that. And it was a big deal at our elementary school. We would all try and do the the uh, program, the fitness program. Huh. huh. I guess that was just an 80s thing. Well, I, I remember trying to get out of running the mile, but other than that, no. Because running's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go on to where the dancing grannies went, mm-hmm. we did sit down and watch a little dancing grannies before we recorded. Oh, mm. well, you really wanted to watch no. it. And I was like, okay, well, let me know. Okay, when so when you've had your, your fill. <laughs> so what happened was three times separately today, you said, before we record, we should watch a little dancing grannies three times. And I was like, geez, fine. So I came in, we sat down, turned it on. You magically disappeared. And I fell into a trance and I watched a lot of dancing grannies. I just was going to do like a very brief like, okay, yeah, that's what it was like. But no, you were really like in deep on the dancing grannies. I feel like I could have watched it to completion. To so, its completion. What? <laughs> so, so you were like really into the dancing grannies. Being a widow, I find exercising a healthy release for my sexual energy. So as you mentioned earlier, it is kind of funny that the core 10 are all like in the introduction of this tape and they're posed like they're going to take a photo. Yeah. And they're like, hi, my name's (laughs) Ethel, Ethel and Pat and I have 
10 grandchildren. <laughs> and then they look over and the next one's like, my name's Betsy and I have seven grandchildren. And they and all have the same haircut. It's so funny. <laughs> it goes around until it gets to Beverly, the, the mainstay. And yep. then she is the one that guides us through the Dancing Grannies routine, which yeah. is very amusing. I, I do like... I wish that it had uh, the... LA gear soundtrack, but it doesn't. It's got like the old fashioned oh. like jitterbug soundtrack. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's... And she sometimes sings along with it. <laughs> she does. <laughs> Let's play a clip. Trouble of the lake. Sometimes you don't know what you got when you got it. And you can't appreciate it till it's gone. Oh, don't do that. Now take that ball. Get your body ready. Oh, okay. So this was pretty interesting to watch. Yes. Although I could see its value for the elderly that... Absolutely. You know, why you don't have to stop living just because you hit 55. Well, and actually, like, uh, we live in a time now where 55 is different than it was then. I think if she had a normal haircut and had just put on, like, jeans and a t-shirt... Oh, yeah. She would, look like, not look 55 at no, all. No, no way. No way. And yeah. if she stopped talking about having a turkey gobbler, like, <laughs> constantly, she really is worried about people's necks. But whatever. Uh, she looks like a normal, healthy adult that you wouldn't think was anything yeah i think our perception of aging has really changed that was very highlighted to me when we watched this like all of these women are resigned they're like remember or beverly's like remember when you did that with your kids and stuff like your life's over now that your kids are grown let's reflect back it's like the electric grandmother (laughs) totally (laughs) it's really weird because the dancing grannies in my mind were always like 80, 85 years old, and we're like, how did they manage to, like, even lift that ball up? You gotta bend over and tie your shoes but still. no, they're, like, um, younger than Robert Smith of the Cure. <laughs> and they're, like, able to totally, like, tie their shoes, do jumping jacks, whatever. <laughs> they're just whatever. normal people. But they're, like, really hamming up the granny side to sell yeah, this tape. they are. Yeah, because they're all pretty fit. I yeah. mean, they're all in decent shape shape and able to do uh, Beverly's commands. Yeah, uh, you know and Beverly, she I mean, to her credit, really rode this wave from the ground up of being like, hey, I need to get in shape to my girlfriends at the retirement community are really into what I do oh, now people are asking me to come perform at their retirement home or whatever to now we're on Donahue now we're making videos, now we have like merchandise and now we're playing dancing granny merchandise there were like calendars and posters and to t-shirts no i don't know about that uh i want one to the point of uh you know in front of the president like being invited to the white house or whatever that's pretty phenomenal and in their heyday they would make like you know two grand for a performance beverly would get 1500 bucks just to come give a talk about fitness wow and they were in high demand. And that's in the 80s. That's a ton of money. You know how much she was pulling in? Yes. I found a record of her income. Okay. <laughs> it was like a public record. Good grief. She was filing in $200,000 a year. 
for, for being dancing, a dancing grannies. granny. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Way to go, Beth. I know. So I Get feel like, after it. I feel like, you know, every bar stool has to have three legs, and one of the legs is always just a little feeble. Uh-huh. So you'd have like uh, Jane Fonda, Richard Simmons, and then then the third like little feeble <gasps> leg would be dancing grannies. But if you had those three together, you had a really pretty sturdy um, aerobics stool. Sample. Stool sample. <laughs> Good one, Mariah. Thank you. <laughs> and that was that. She did it. I I don't know. I could not find an end to the Dancing Grannies. I think she's still into, alive. I think she is still alive. I think she moved to Oregon. Huh. But um, I think it went into the 90s. I found an article from like 2019 in Arizona that says the Dancing Grannies but I don't think it's the same dancing grannies. Oh, so it's like a legacy. Yeah, I think it's basically like they started something and then people could subscribe to that idea of being a dancing granny that stays in shape and stuff like, like that. Like you join the granny troupe. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> My time is coming. Yeah, you're getting Give closer. Give it a couple decades. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be there soon enough. But I just think that that is kind of fascinating because... For a tape that just sits on people's shelves as, like, a joke, you know, as part of pop culture. Mm-hmm. The fact that this lady, like, after retirement... Business just woman. business first, went on to make this empire for the elderly. We're the dancing grannies, and we'd like to welcome you. phenomenon of the dancing grannies is very amusing to me and i do i get a kick out of seeing it pop up in people's collections from time to time or if i'm thrifting and i come across a copy of the dancing grannies i just think it's fun so i hope that people appreciate this little bit of a look into a lesser known aerobics craze of the (laughs) 80s but we are an 80s podcast and and so there you go You didn't You're ask for welcome. it. You got it. They asked for it, please. They secretly wanted it. Everybody asked for it. Final thoughts on the dancing grannies? Um, I don't think this could have taken off at any other time. So I think Bev was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I agree. Because um, I can't imagine something like that taking off now. No, especially not with all the different formats like YouTube and, you know, all these places. I think it would be hard to find an audience, too. Well, and then everybody would be like, yeah, Demi Moore is like 60. Look at at her. (laughs) What are you doing? True. (laughs) Why are you pretending to be like this? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) She's wearing a bikini. This isn't news. You can be fit. (laughs) Really? You know, now that I'm thinking about it, they really did play up the old side, didn't it's they? It's the hair. It and is full-on Golden Girls in leotards. Um, and I developed a theory. Okay, let's hear it. Um, so with all of this aerobics that I've immersed, immersed myself in today, I realized 
I think I know why they're wearing pantyhose and leg warmers and belts and, like, lycra and spandex and all of these layers. It's very elaborate. It's, well, I kept thinking, like, how hot are your feet? Because you've got two pairs of socks, sneakers, and pantyhose And leg warmers. Oh my gosh, and a belt. Like, (laughs) I would lose it. But I think that they're going for a hot yoga kind of effect where they are warming up their bodies so much that they're more flexible. I would like to think that that's definitely probably the, the truth. But also that they were empowering themselves by having their own kind of costume, like a superhero costume. Yeah, it is a culture. It's very much like a She-Ra costume. Yes. So anyway, I, I don't know. I, I, think it's, I think it's funny. I think there's a part of me that it's sad to not see that aerobics 80s side in pop culture anymore. It really only had a pretty short shelf life. Very 80s. Yeah, but it is something that is very uniquely 80s. And you can't really look at anybody in aerobics outfit and not think the 80s right away oh yeah so there you go there's the dancing grannies for y'all you're welcome (laughs) there's a little a little dive into the brief history of of that group (laughs) we could have done cool sexy jane fonda or the beautiful workout but we went (laughs) we went with the 55 and over crowd for you (laughs) because that's what we do on laser graves yep all right, guys. Well, that's it for this special episode of this bonus episode. If you like what you heard, um, well, first off, like we mentioned, if you have a copy of The Dancing Grannies, take a pic, put it on your stories and shout out Laser Graves for yeah. us. Uh, bonus you, points if you work it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to follow us, we're everywhere you get a podcast, but we're on you know Spotify and Amazon and uh, Podbean and all that jazz. And then we are also at lasergraves.com. You can rate, review, subscribe. That really does help. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and then if you want to follow us, our personal site's on Instagram. I'm at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And we're at Laser Graves on Instagram. And until uh, next week, uh, go put on your leotards and pump up the jams. Yeah, and don't (laughs) let your turkey waddle show, I guess. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. You're not where you should be. But you're not where you used to be. You're on your way, so you're...